Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I don't even think it was 24 hours ago where Dave Simons came on the show, Sue, last night in the 5 o'clock hour. We talked about how great the stock market has been rolling along, and then it was down 475 points today, the Dow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But in, in fairness to Dave, you, you, for those of you who heard the segment, he did talk about people at the end of the year here uh, profit-taking. So I think that there was something to do with that. Still closed over 37,000, and there has been a good run. But I had all, all the uh, markets were down today, mm. unfortunately. We have Chris Gervino coming up here in just a little bit. I can even share this promotion with our good friend Brad Young, 97.1 FM Talk legal analyst with Harris, Dow, Fisher, and Young because of your Mizzou ties. Chris, of course, on the Tigers Radio Network. Brad, we have, of course, the Bragg Rights game coming up on Friday night at Enterprise yep. against Illinois, and then the Cotton Bowl next Friday. So exciting time for Mizzou Athletics, and Illinois is pretty darn good, so that's going to be a, a tough game on Friday night. It is, and I'll be, I, I'll be uh, watching that, uh, not live, unfortunately, but no, I'll be watching it. I like to go, I, I don't think I went last year, I went two years ago, every couple of years. It is a lot of fun, and we talked about this with Kusumano on Monday. If you've ever been to that game, they do this epic uh, challenge with the two teams cheerleaders where during one of the timeouts and I don't even think this ends up on TV they may show the highlights of it on ESPN but all the male cheerleaders have the females over their heads with you know kind of the one hand um, pose if you will and then it's last person standing last cheerleader standing and it's pretty fun to watch <laughs> so that's cool all right I got you coming on here to talk about a bunch of different things but let me let me just address one thing that's under my car right now on this um, did you follow this story about the bar in South St. Louis Oh, I've that, followed it very, very closely. Yes. I've watched, uh, I've watched the video. I've read the reports. I'm all over it. Okay, so you you have a situation where a couple of cops ran into a bar in South City. It happened to be a gay bar, right? At this point, I don't even think that's relevant, right? But they keep they want to talk about being a gay bar, right? So then I I acknowledged on Monday when I heard about this story. Well, this is interesting because. I see a little video here, security video from the area, and you see this SUV kind of cruise by. It looks like it's going fast, and then it you know, veers off, and it, it hits this bar. And then the, the other part of the story is that the bar owners, they live, I guess, upstairs. They come down. More police show up, and then there is an accusation that one of the guys, you know, puts his hands on a police officer. There's a little bit of a disruption, and then he's arrested, and he's charged originally with felonies, and they, they drop that. So one thing leads to another, and Brad, we'll get to the, the latest here in just a second, but our mayor weighs in last night. She says everybody deserves to feel safe in their homes, neighborhoods, and communities. Bar PM has provided members of the LG—let me just 
simplify it. Bar PM has provided members of the Alphabet Mafia with a gathering place and a refuge from a society that continues to marginalize their very existence. And incidents like these can break an already fragile trust with law enforcement. This incident is currently under investigation. The officers involved will be held accountable for any and all misconduct committed while on duty. So even in that statement, she has said more about this incident than violent crime in her city in, I'd say, the last year combined. We also now know, because of Christine Byers at Channel 5, that there were these allegations of homophobic comments that were made. There's no proof of that whatsoever, none whatsoever. The the questions about how this happened may still exist, but we have camera that shows that they weren't speeding. We have Well, it's not even a camera, Brad. It's something from the inside of the car. They keep track of this, right? Correct. That's um, correct. Now, I've seen the video— and, and the video looks like they're speeding, but obviously any internal GPS tracking equipment that's on the vehicle would be far more accurate than the subjective views from an across-the-street uh, video camera. So Christine's report a few hours ago says SLMPD says it's now reviewing body camera footage, driver expressed remorse, driver expressed remorse to owner of the bar. He admits to getting distracted while using in-car radio. Reports about high rate of speed not true. Black box shows officer was traveling in low 20s at time of impact. So my tweet at the time was essentially this story is over. Time to move on. But you want to bet our leaders like the mayor will not. And basically, Brad, they can't order people to mask up. They don't have COVID right now. I think they were hoping that they'd have that. This was a nice little 48-hour story. But let's face it, it's getting completely knocked out of whack. Right. It, so it is. Well, the, I, here's the the only area that I disagree with your conclusion on is this. There has been an allegation that the suspect who was arrested either had a black eye or was roughed up in the police car. And so I think that if that part of the story turns out to be true, this story would have a, a few more legs on it, as we say. But we don't have um, any evidence of that whatsoever. We have no evidence of that. So if that if that part of the story disappears, then this story has no legs. Yeah, and, and maybe I, I'm, I admitted that there was some story. So then we have, and I'm just going to make it personal here because this pisses me off. You got a guy that used to work in the newsroom over at KMOX, a crazy nutbag named Alex Degman, who tweets out to me, heterosexual conservative man says story deeply affecting local LGBTQ community. Oh, the victims in the alphabet mafia. Can we do something for you at Christmas time? Oh, my goodness. Please, Alex, I'm going to help you says is not important, shocking. So my response was completely unhinged, crazy. Take my word for it. I work with this nutbag, KMOX news reporter, former news reporter over there, who's clearly biased, doesn't yet realize this had zero to do with the alphabet mafia outside of a gay bar being involved. S-T-F-U, Alex Degman, you nut. And the other thing is they're protesting at the gay bar, Brad. I got I got to say, we got a few more things to protest here in the St. Louis area than an SUV cruiser running into a gay bar at 1230 on Monday morning. Let's move past it. Yeah, there's there's far more issues. Come on. All, all of the crime that the city is facing, all of the uh, intrinsic issues, whether it's street upkeep, whether it's a police force, yeah. whether it's the sewer system, Everything. we've got all, all kinds of issues. And, and the community wants to highlight this. And you know why? It's because it has good PR value from their perspective. Well, let but me when you just... put it... But let when me you offer, put it in comparison with other issues, Mark, this is really not that big of a deal. Let me just offer sincerely anything I can do for the Alphabet Mafia and them being a victim because a car hit a bar, a gay bar. I'm there for you. Let me tell you. And, you know, I can say that with confidence because the friends that I have, which amount to many who are gay, 
they would say the same thing because they think it's nonsense that this stuff gets played along the victim lines. But some people love to do that. All right, let's talk about Colorado, which is embarrassing for these Supreme Court members in Colorado, especially when the Supremes knock them down here in a couple of weeks. Here's the president buying into it, though, Brad. Mr. President, your reaction to the Colorado ruling on Trump at the ballot? Look at the Well, the court's going to make that decision. The 14th Amendment doesn't apply. This is the Secretary of State of Jenna Griswold in Colorado. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has to apply to the presidency because if not, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. We can't have one office be able to do whatever they want when it comes to rebellion and then be able to be seated in office again. Brad, you're an attorney. I'm not. My eight-year-old's not an attorney. She could, with the proper facts here, determine that this has nothing to do. He hasn't been charged with an insurrection. He hasn't been um, convicted of an insurrection. You can say all the words that you want, and I'm not the biggest fan of the behavior of Donald Trump, and I was really, really not happy with what happened on January 6th. And by the way, Josh Hawley doesn't talk to me anymore because I happened to ask him a tough question about that day. But this is utterly ridiculous what's happened in Colorado. It's absurd. And it's a great example of how, uh, and we studied this in torts when I was at St. Louis U Law School, and that is that you reach a predetermined conclusion and then you find legal justification to support that conclusion. And, And this is the classic example of that because there are numerous legal problems with this. Uh, first of all, the the whole section you you played a clip from the from the person who was screaming about it has to apply to the president. No, it doesn't. Uh, in in section three of the Fourteenth Amendment, it specifically excludes the president. The president is not mentioned there. Members of Congress. It mentions state officials, and it mentions a phrase "officer of the United States," which in other cases has been defined as not the president or the vice president. And there's a very good reason for that. And the policy reason is this. When you're uh, uh, determining who gets to run this country, the idea of democracy is that people get to vote. And the founders were wise enough to say, do we really want to limit the choices that people have to run for office? Because right now, if you look at every Trump, and I'm, I'm not a Trump supporter, but if you look at every Trump voter in the state of Colorado, right now, their, their, their rights under the Constitution are being or could be curtailed because they're going to be prevented from voting for someone that they want to vote for for president. I mean, you want to talk about democracy being at jeopardy that this administration warns about. This would be a pretty good example. You want to talk about election interference. And I'll go one step further. You want to talk about insurrection. I I could probably, given a a jury, Brad, and your ability and expertise go in and convince people that there's a whole hell of a lot more insurrectionist behavior from this administration opening the border to millions of people who don't have the right to be in this country. So this one really pisses me off. Now, I heard Jonathan Turley say this. I don't think it's going to happen. But boy, I would love to see. And even if it's not a majority, you would think that even one or two members of the Supremes that aren't exactly conservatives would see that this is a ludicrous ruling by Colorado. Yeah. And, and Jonathan Turley's point is, is that he would like to see this as a nine to zero uh, opinion. I, I just don't see any chance of that happening. I would love to see that, but I don't foresee that happening. But there's also something else that no one's talking about. And 
and this is the part that I'm looking forward to the Supreme Court addressing, because in Section 3, it's the only part of the entire Constitution, Mark, where the, the, the amendment itself says Congress has the ability to remove the application of this clause by a vote of Congress. And that vote actually happened. It's called the Amnesty Act of 1872 and the Amnesty Act of 1898 removed the insurrection clause from the 14th Amendment. Now, there's some questions hmm. about whether that only applied to individuals at the time or whether it applied forward in time. We don't know. No one's looked at this since 1898. So we don't know the answer to that. But the point is, is that even in the section itself, it, 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 the, the framers, or rather the writer of the 14th Amendment, provided a way to get rid of this because the idea of limiting the votes and limiting the choices of democracy was so appalling that they wanted to even allow Congress to get rid of it, which they did twice. So uh, I think Scott Jennings was on the show last night talking politics. He was on CNN after this all kind of came out because we didn't address this with him. He said this. I mean, listen to what they're saying today. Every single person he is running against today is out defending him from this ruling. And guess what else is going to happen? There's a victory lap on this today, and there's going to be a second one. When the Supreme Court punts this thing into the sun and incinerates it, he'll have, an, he'll have another moment of victory here on this deal. So th this was, if, if your like, strongest wish was to somehow see Donald Trump go away in American political life, this was like the worst possible thing that could have happened. Even Chris Christie. I do not believe Donald Trump should be prevented from being president of the United States by any court. I think he should be prevented from being president of the United States by the voters of this country. So, Brad, we know that there are other states that are trying things along these lines, but we also yes. know that in order to print ballots for Colorado, the Supreme Court has to rule on this relatively quickly, I think by January 4th, that, right? Well, no, no, that's not true. Okay. Uh, what what, what happened is this. That's right, but, but that's before people read the decision. On page 9, I read the decision. On page 9 of the decision, it specifically states that once Trump files an appeal with the Supreme Court, then there is a permanent stay on the order and that the Secretary of State of Colorado is empowered to print ballots with Trump's name on it, assuming Trump files an appeal, which, of course, he will. So there's already a provision in this order to deal with that situation because it would be impossible for the Supreme Court to do anything by January 4th. OK, that's good information. Brad Young with us tonight. Let's kind of segue into Texas. And I, I talked about this relation to this case just because I think that when I think about the outrageous things that are happening in this country, I'd like to focus on what's happening in Texas, Arizona, some of these other places. So Greg Abbott, the legislature down there, they pass a bill, kind of a state law that deals with the ability to ship back some of the migrants. Here he is, the Texas governor. Biden's deliberate inaction has left Texas to fend for itself. So we anticipate uh, with SB4 uh, that cracks down on illegal entry, that that should reduce the number of people coming across the border. Here's KJP in the briefing room. The, the law is incredibly extreme and it does not make it does not make communities in Texas safer. It just does not. It dehumanizes, uh, which is what Republicans tend to do. Certain Republicans tend to do is dehumanize immigrants and de and and also dehumanize them. And that's what we're seeing here. Well, that's all we do is we we don't want millions of people who do not have the legal right to be in this country, even though they're going to claim asylum, to cross over the border freely. And that's what's happening. Well, clearly that's what's happening. And so to address that issue, Texas passed a law. Governor uh, Abbott signed it into law that does basically two things. 
main things. Number one, it allows the police officers, state state police officers, even municipal police officers, to arrest and convict individuals for being uh, illegal immigrants. Secondly, it would empower state court judges to deport individuals who are not in the country legally. Uh, it, it, this issue has been addressed back in 2012. Arizona passed a very similar law. It was, it was different in terms of the specifics, but it was the same in terms of allowing state officials to enforce and take action based upon federal immigration laws. And the Supreme Court in 2012 ruled against that because of what's called the preemption doctrine, meaning if the federal government has authority in a particular area, then it preempts the state from taking any action. And so in 2012, Arizona's law was nullified uh, because of the preemption doctrine. But when you look at this, Mark, I think if you look at the court today, as, as opposed to the court in 2012, it's a much different court. So I think this is an attempt by Texas to say, we're going to take another run at this. I mean, that's what happened with, with abortion rights. There were lots of cases at the Supreme Court going back to the 70s on abortion rights, and it took the right kind of court to recognize that this was judicial uh, rulemaking by people in robes as opposed to uh, legislators, and it took a right court to get that done. Right. I think this is another attempt at that same idea because there, the, the states, if the federal government isn't going to act, you can't have it both ways. You can't say the federal government it preempts the states because the federal government has the power to do something, but then you look on the ground and say the federal government's doing nothing. They can't have it both ways. Yeah, well, it's tricky for me because in the uh, in the situation with Colorado, let me just kind of juxtapose just a little bit. I, I, constitutionally, I, I think that's a no-brainer. There's, there's no justification for not allowing Trump on the ballot based on the information we have. In this particular case, I do think, based on, you know, I know what you said, Charles Lipson made this point earlier on the show, that, you know, the Constitution, the federal law might take precedent here. However, there should be some allowance for the changing circumstances essentially a crisis at the border. And I love this. You know, the ACLU gets involved here and they are going to argue that this is unconstitutional because it defies federal immigration law. You know what else defies federal immigration law? Just letting everyone cross the border. Did you hear Correct. Bill Malusian's reports in the last couple of weeks by any chance? Uh, I did not. So, no. Some of it, like he has been tracking some of this down there with um, Chinese nationals, with men from all men, no kids and women um, from Africa, from India, for example, today. Where are you guys from? India. India, India, India. India. Everybody here from India? Yeah, yeah, India. Where do you guys want to go in the United States? What city? California. California? Yeah. Cal good, good luck with that. California? Everybody here California? Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Seattle. New York. New York. Okay. And why did you guys come here to the U.S.? Sorry? English. English, no. English? Do you, do you want to work? Yeah. You want a job? No, no. Yes, yes. No? No? What? No? You don't want to work? Why'd you? Life in danger. Life in danger. Yeah, so they're making the case for the asylum there. To be honest, I got the sense that they were coached to say that because if you, the guy said, they're all like, yeah, we want to work, we want a job. And then the one guy's like, no, 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 no. Life in danger. And That's interesting, though, isn't it, Brad? Oh, it's very interesting because it shows you the plans uh, that, that people are taking. I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, the, the Mexican government several years ago was handing out pamphlets to individuals in Mexico on what to say and how to cross the border to get into our country illegally. And if that doesn't amount to an insurrection or an invasion, I, I don't know what does. Well, all they have to do is claim danger, right? And, and they know this. And unfortunately, and I understand 
having an asylum process, right? I think you can you can certainly make the case for what happened in Afghanistan. You talk about danger, right? And the U.S. took care yes. of a lot of those people. Now, I also think that we're extra generous to people who are refugees compared to people who are our own citizens in this country. And we're seeing some blowback and pushback, appropriately so, in Chicago, where there are people up there that are just apoplectic about the way that Chicago's handling this part of the crisis. Now, Brandon Johnson, the new mayor, he wants to blame you know, Greg Abbott. Well, how about blaming the guy that's allowing this to happen? And that's President Biden. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that was the whole point of the operations in Texas and Florida to ship uh, immigrants to other places like sanctuary cities in, in order to highlight that this is a problem that needs to be fixed instead of folks in the Northeast just looking smugly and saying, uh, we're, we're a sanctuary city. You guys deal with it. This was a way to uh, spread the pain and to br- highlight this as an issue so it can finally get fixed. Hey, one other thing here, and I, I haven't listened to this. So let's see. We'll do this in real time. I guess Trump got into trouble because he said this. They could be healthy. They could be very unhealthy. They could bring in disease that's going to catch on in our country. But they do bring in crime. But they have them coming from all over the world. So that that was seen as insensitive. Here he says this. Clarification, maybe. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that. In a much different way. Okay, well, maybe that was the original. Something got him into trouble, and people are all worked up about it. Maybe that was the original. I saw this in my audio file. I might have done that backwards there, Brad. All right, listen, you have a great Christmas. Thank you for all the contributions. You got anything else you want to toss in here? Final words? Uh, no, that only that uh, now that you you have you you have more like vacation days than any other human being that I know. So because of that, uh, my work schedule isn't as bad as it was. So uh, next time you're on one of your amazing vacations, uh, hopefully I'll have time to fill in. Well, Brad has been, you know, and you do That'd fill in, great. and I love that you fill in. But you had a bit of an opening in the law office that you were trying to, you know, yeah. fill. You had to attend <laughs> to your real life, and I and I have appreciation for that. But we'll get you on here a little bit more often. I don't have more vacation than anyone. Maybe close though. Brad uh-huh. Young, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thanks. Right, Bye. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
will be my, my final show before Christmas, so I hope that everyone has a great, great stretch here with their families. And Sue and I will be back next week between Tuesday and Friday doing some best of shows. We're giving Abby and Fred the week off. Not that I have any control of that. They have the vacation time, and we hope they enjoy that. And Sue's going to be here the next couple of days with uh, Mike Elam tomorrow, Ryan Recker on Friday. We have a big bragging rights game at Enterprise Center. I know many of you are Illinois fans, and you probably have the upper hand here against Mizzou, but I'm a Mizzou guy. Chris Trevino, old journalism school friend of mine from decades ago who was on the Tigers radio network, going to preview that game on Friday, and also we're going to talk a little Cotton Bowl. Gervino, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks. Hell of a football season, and I want to touch on football and recruiting in the Cotton Bowl after we talk a little hoops here this afternoon, Chris. And you know, that that's really my connection with, with Mizzou sports after graduation really goes back to those days when Norm Stewart was coach and all those great games at Hearn Center. You and I would see each other a lot back then because you stayed in Columbia after J school, and it was just so funny because, you know, you, you had... I think there was a general assumption, conventional wisdom, as you come into the SEC, oh, man, we are in trouble with football. But we can compete in in basketball, and it really hasn't worked out that way, has it, over the years? No, you know, it's been uh, really interesting because uh, first couple of years in the SEC was really football that jumped right in there. And, of course, when the Gary Pinkle won a couple of East divisions uh, in years two and three in the league, and uh, you know, basketball has kind of been uh, off and on hit or miss a little bit. Last year, the Tigers got up to the number four seed, which was their best in the SEC in basketball. So trying to kind of hit them both at the same time is difficult for so many schools, it seems. And Missouri, of course, there really seems to be in pretty good shape in both football, a, a great uh, positive surprise. And, you know, basketball is kind of scuffling along a little bit through non-conference play. Illinois will be another tough test Friday night, but hopefully they'll get it figured out for the conference play which begins quickly here in january let me speak for the fan base i feel like i can do that i can speak for all mizzou fans <laughs> listening here this afternoon because the way that i and i love coach gates so much i've i've you know been around him a little bit i'm not going to say we're friends or anything but i've gotten you know some opportunities to to chat with him i love his wife maybe even more i don't know if you've ever had a chance to meet her she's fantastic and and he's doing some things that are amazing in this program this seems to be one of those years where as fans of the program, we know that there's a hell of a recruiting class coming in next year, really maybe one of the best in the country. And you've got some kids this year that are um, starting to maybe gel at times, but there's inconsistency. So I would expect this is going to be an up and down year. This team's going to win some games probably that they're not supposed to. We've already seen them maybe lose a couple that they're supposed to win. But I think maybe expectations for me, again, speaking for the fan base, Chris, is that you're going to have an up and down year. We'll see what happens, but really high hopes into next year. Well, the recruiting is is really good for next year. Again, if you believe the rating systems and you see the guys they've landed from across the country, uh, they're all very highly regarded, and they've got five, uh, you know, all set. And you figure even if three or four of them uh, live up close to expectations, that's going to make for a really good college team. And I think you see a few of the young guys, Anthony Robinson, especially now Trent Pierce, had a nice uh, showing against Seton Hall when Missouri made a late run. Uh, that are going to play even more as this season goes on because coach has really been searching for answers and combinations. Uh, we've got a huge roster of like 18 players. Now there's three walk-ons. It's, it's uh, gotten a little uh, smaller with the injury to Caleb Grill, who's going to be out for several weeks. So, you know, some of that will take care of itself, but they just have really not set on a, a specific rotation. And, and you said it well, that they've won a couple maybe that they 
were surprisingly victors in. And, you know, I think a road game at Pitt, you know, they were certainly an underdog, and then a big comeback at Minnesota, and yet they lost at home almost inexplicably to Jackson State. And, you know, the game against Seton Hall really got away from them. So it's been very interesting thus far. But, yeah, I think a lot of people certainly believe in Coach Gates after last year and, and really importantly looking forward with the, you know, transfer, uh, the recruiting class, rather, that he's got on its way in. Let's talk about the Bragg and Rice game. One of my greatest sports memories ever, ever. It, it really, I don't even remember the game as much as I do the drive back, Chris, to Columbia, Missouri. I was in Columbia, as you know, working uh, as news director at KFRU and covering sports a little bit as well. 1993, the 22nd of December, triple overtime against Illinois. Epic game at the Checkernome. I remember driving back, just pumping my fists in my car on I-70, thinking, holy crap, was that an amazing experience? And Maybe we haven't had repeats of that epic showdown over the years to that level, but this is a great series. And again, it's one of those deals where maybe the higher ranked team doesn't all, it never really exceeds or meets expectations. So you don't know what you're going to get on Friday night, but Illinois would certainly be in theory, the more polished team heading into this matchup, right? No question. Uh, They're ranked 13th. Currently they're eight and two. Their only two losses are to Marquette and Tennessee both ranked among the top eight in the country, and both those losses were by seven points. But you're absolutely right. It seems the underdog has won this game as much as the favorite. Missouri's taken four of the last five in the series after, you know, Illinois really had the upper hand for seemingly a long time. And I thought I knew where you were going when you mentioned about that memory you had in December of 1993. Uh, That's one of the all-timers. I mean, I'd say the same thing. And, you know, I've been lucky to be at so many Missouri sporting events, especially football and men's basketball over Gosh, more than three decades now, right. literally. And uh, that was one of the all-timers. I mean, the, the comeback Missouri from nine down with about a minute 25 to go. And then Kiwan Garris, a 90-plus percent free-throw shooter for Illinois, misses two free-throws and allowed the game to go to overtime. And it was just unbelievable, triple overtime, one of the great sporting events I've seen, let alone a uh, Missouri game. And that was definitely on a very short list, well, clearly on one hand, that, that I would you know consider the greatest events I've been a part of actually was uh, announcing that game back with Mike Kelly on the radio in, in 1993. And, and here we are now doing the one this Friday night. <laughs> Do you think at this point, I, this is a stupid question, but I'm good at that, Chris, you know that if you would have, because I don't know how people are handicapping this team right now, this basketball team, if they, you know, this depends on the, the conference schedule, but would, would you think at this point that this potentially is, you know, an NCAA caliber team, even if it's a, you know, 11 or 12 seed or something like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they definitely are going to be, uh, you know, close to that, hopefully, unless we're really disappointed in, in conference play, unless they, they have another couple of key injuries. I think they're going to get better. I do, because I, I just think you're going to see more of the young players. Yeah. I think Anthony Robinson is going to get more minutes. Trent Pierce, again, I think is really a highly tatted kid that just to kind of trying to find his footing. So, you know, the SEC is a good league. I don't think it's you know, overwhelmingly impossible to to crack into the top seven or eight teams in the league. And if you're in the top seven or eight of the SEC, you're probably going to the NCAA yeah, tournament, right. especially with Missouri's schedule. You know, he really, Gates, has played a much tougher non-conference schedule. Anybody could see that than last year's first season. So if they get, a, you know, 500, uh, maybe can get a game or two above, I, I think they'd be in good shape for the NCAA. But, you know, they got to play, and there's 18 games ahead, so a lot to be determined just in the conference play. And let's be honest, this game Friday night would be a huge win. I mean, if they beat Illinois, that's a really big 
feather in the cap going into conference yeah. play. And they got a couple of good road victories, including that comeback against Minnesota. Uh, so that, that could be, it'll be interesting. I, I think it's going to be a fun year. Again, my expectations may, may be tempered realistically and, It'll be fun to see where they head. Uh, let's talk Cotton Bowl just briefly. But before that, look, some really good news from the transfer portal the last week, right? Yes, they've got three players, uh, certainly at my last check, that I'm aware of. And then all three, I mean, the guys will probably step in and play right away, which is what you hope for. And, and maybe the most impressive might be the offensive lineman. They just landed from Oklahoma, Caden Green. Uh, he's actually from Lee's Summit North High right. School in Missouri. The Tigers recruited him heavily. Chose OU over Mizzou, but now after a freshman season is going to come back to his home state. And Mark, he started several games for the Sooners last year. He's a great big guy. Didn't allow a sack all season. And Oklahoma, I mean, had a really a wide open offense, threw the ball a lot. So I think he comes in right away and clearly starts on the offensive line, which is good because they lose a lot on the line. And then you've got uh, two other players of note thus far. Marcus Carroll, a running back from Georgia State, 1,300 yards there, obviously Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Pete, the top two running backs, move on from Mizzou after this season. And the other one is a kid uh, from East St. Louis originally, Toriano Pride, a defensive back, a corner back, uh, who comes in from Clemson, where he played a lot and uh, wasn't always starting, but got a lot of experience in a couple of years there. And he obviously will be slated in to uh, fill one of the spots, uh, probably vacated by really Chris Abrams Drain and Ennis Rakestraw Jr. Both are most likely to go to the NFL and get drafted here. So they really hit on three key transfers at positions of need. And I think all three, well, I'm sure they're expected to start. We'll see if they can actually accomplish that come fall camp. So how do you handicap this game next week against Ohio State? I mean, you have a little, maybe a little of the shine taken off by some players sitting out and, and the like. Marvin Harrison Jr. won't be playing. However, you know, you got an Ohio State team that probably arguably has second, third string players that are as talented as Mizzou's, right? Well, they're one of the best uh, programs, obviously, year in, year out for many, many years now in college football, and they just uh, have become a pipeline to the NFL with so many guys. So, yeah, it's fascinating. You know, they went 11-1, and lost one game, a close game to Michigan uh, in the Big Ten, and, you know, this is almost like a disappointment for them now, and they're a top-ten team going to the Cotton Bowl. When the line came out, when the bowl pairing was announced on that Sunday, December 3rd, Ohio State was immediately installed as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Since then, it's swung all the way back around. Missouri favored by two and a half with oh. a lot of the Ohio State players not available. And yet the last time I checked earlier today, in fact, Missouri is favored by one because now a few of the Buckeyes have said they are going to play. But, you know, <laughs> their starting quarterback, Kyle McCord, is transferring. So he's gone. They're going to have a kid, Devin Brown, who's hardly played, uh, be their quarterback. And then you mentioned, you know, other players. Uh, I, I don't know that they know for sure who's going to play, who's going to not play. So it's Really an interesting situation, but there's a ton of talent still on that team. I just know that Missouri is complete and really fired up and happy to be there. Ohio State clearly is disappointed with going to this game. It's just the truth. So I, I always like the team in these bowl games. It seems a lot more motivated and, and in its entirety, and that would seem to be Missouri. But they're going to have to play because there's still a lot of talent no matter who's in the Buckeye uniform. Hey, before we, we go, I, I want to give a shout because we never really talk about her, and I want to talk about the fan base and how excited they are and the way that the tickets sold for the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, Mizzou's really going to represent well, and we've seen that at some of the road games over the last couple of years. But our athletic director, you know, we like to criticize ADs when, you know, coaches <laughs> fail. But uh, Desiree Reed francois has – she's just incredible. I think she's doing an amazing job. And you have to give some credit, not only football, basketball, but just across the board with Mizzou Athletics. I think she's doing an outstanding job. And I just wanted to mention that, Chris. 
Yeah, no, she is. I, I, a lot of people ask me about her, obviously, here with my job, and I, I think she's really uh, sharp. I mean, just come in, and obviously both major sports are winning now. That They are filling the stadiums, you know. They've really made it more fan-friendly. They've gotten people out there even before all these wins were adding up, and, you know, she's not afraid to make moves. I think she's hired six new head coaches in the athletic department. You know, four of them, I believe, were uh, in, uh, you know, her decision to move uh, – move on from uh, four of the, you know, predecessors. So, you know, she has really made uh, some, some bold moves in terms of coaching hires as she wants to win. And, and uh, obviously she's a bright lady an attorney has a background had been out at UNLV for a few years and been in athletic administration across the country for many years, the likes of uh, Virginia tech and Cincinnati before UNLV originally from the West coast was a rower in college at UCLA a few years back. So, you know, sports uh, uh, background, and, and she has really done a lot. This is just her third year, and you look at how things have jumped forward. It, it really is impressive, so I think that's a good observation. You know, I know she's part, tight, Mark. by the way, just to throw in a name from the past, uh, from when we started back in the day. She's pretty tight with uh, the legendary Joe Castiglione, who's still, uh, what a run he's had at Oklahoma University. So I think she's had some good mentors as well. Yeah, Mike Alden especially, too. Uh, since, uh, since then, she and, and Mike, I know, have known each other very well and gotten together a couple of times. Mike still lives here in town, so he's been a good uh, source for her. So, um, yeah, it, you know, everything's looking good. They, they like to talk about momentum, and they certainly have it. You just hope it continues. I can get used to all this winning. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, let's have some fun on Friday night at the Bragg and Rights game, and you have a blast at the Cotton Bowl, Gervino. We'll talk into 2024. You have a great Christmas as well. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, you too, Mark. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is a Christmas song, Sue, from a uh, woman that I was friends with many years ago. We've lost touch. Her name is Lizzie West, and it's an original song that I've always liked called Family Christmas. Oh, the risks we take, brother, share your sister's cake. Mother stayed up way too late to carry down the gifts she gave. Lizzie was great, and you I know bet what's she's funny? Nice Does person. her voice sound like anyone to you? Listen. Peace while we all ate. Yeah. Our turkey sauce and Who did the, the one that? My name is Luca. That's so, what she sounds like. Oh, she, so everybody thought her her record came out. Oh man, I'm thinking I was in Milwaukee at the time, and there were even even the guy WXRT is a legendary station in Chicago, right? Okay. And the guy I was told that the guy at XRT felt like they couldn't play it because she sounded too much like Natalie Merchant uh, of no. uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yeah, that's a no. Well, you you wouldn't hear it in the you'd hear it in the other songs. Oh, well, I promise okay. you. I prom- okay. if you heard her her rock songs, you you would hear how she sounded like her. And I don't know if that's what held her back. She had like two records that were really really good, and then I really she would come through St. Louis every once in a while when I moved here, and then we've lost touch. But I always mm-hmm. like that. I'm going to kind of go out with that here because it's a song that means a lot to me. It's just a really you don't get a lot of good original Christmas songs. Let's face it. True. And if you'd listen to Family Christmas and the words, and we'll roll out with it here. I think you would have some appreciation for it, especially because you're a dog owner and there's some pets that are mentioned. Oh, no. But we'll get to that in a good way. It's oh, all okay. it's all a positive thing. It's a good Christmas song. But I wanted to toss in a little shout out for uh, for Lizzie and she's up on the streaming platforms. 
imagine you can find that song, Family Christmas. Um, about to wrap up here, and I'll be back on Tuesday. Sue, you're going to hopefully survive the week. I'm a little concerned about you because your voice has been, I don't know if you've noticed this, but you've been losing your voice throughout the course of the afternoon, maybe yeah. the course of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Happens. All right. I want you to take care of yourself, but have a great Christmas. Thank Fred you, Mark. and Abby you are going to be off next week, and we'll all get together after the first of the year. This, this, um, you know, January 2nd, I don't want to frighten people, but it's going to be here like in a snap, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Because this next week will go by so quickly. But I hope that everyone has a great Christmas and is able to enjoy their time with their families. My son from Columbia is coming in. Unfortunately, the son from Houston, he's in the restaurant business, and this is not exactly a slow time no, for it the is restaurant not. industry. So he and his girlfriend, who I was just told this afternoon, got her wisdom teeth pulled. So she's kind of dealing with that. They're coming in second week of January. So I don't have the whole family, but, um, you know, the, the it's still... Let me say this very delicately. For parents listening right now, I'll I'll try to make sure that we're not doing anything. But I thought some of the magic of Christmas for Alexa, who will be nine in March, I thought some of that might be revealed and disappeared, if not you know yet. what I mean. Yeah. Not yet. Love it. Yeah. So that hang on to that as long yes. as you can, right? I'm I'm with you on that. Let's do this here before we get out of here this afternoon. Stand by. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. I'm in the giving mood this afternoon, so let's let's do three here this afternoon on Audio Cut of the Day, sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store. I'll start with, um, oh, I don't know, what should I start with? Because I have fun and then I have kind of serious a little bit. Maybe I'll stick with fun. Here's Jimmy Fallon. Now, this begs the question, why can't you do this a little more often? The front of the card says, do you hear what I hear? Open up and says, do you? Because I'm hearing something like a buzz from an air conditioner. Is it feedback from my hearing aid? Let's just go old school. Jill, where's my ear horn? I didn't set that up very well, but yeah, he's talking about the uh, the president in his um, fake Christmas card, right? But again, there's so much material there, and they, they seemingly can't get on the same page with trying to make fun of the president. Let's make fun of the vice president. We, we seem to do that very well. This is just funny because you can hear her not having any concept of where her brain is taking her with a word salad. Let's have a robust debate on immigration, but don't hold the issue hostage. State where you are. Let's work it out. Wait we have it. offered a plan. Wait for it. So, you know, I think that it's um, Wait for it's it. very unfortunate, but it actually is, is more than just unfortunate. Here we go. It will have real consequence. It's more than just unfortunate. She, she has no idea. No. She has no clue. And then one more here. Uh, Adam Wainwright has released a song today called Time to Fly. Let me just state this in the spirit of Christmas. It's it's not very good. I'm I'm sorry, but we're gonna play it for Adam here. I think he's putting on an album. You know, this is his thing I've now. Been knocked down, but I always got back up. The fire keeps on burning high deep down in my gut. I like his passion. Still want to. He's got a little country flair to it, Sue. Try to always be your rock. Yeah, I dug deep, never quit. But you can't outrun the clock. Here's the chorus. Time to fly. It's time to head back home. It's okay. Maybe it just needed a better producer. I don't know. I'm, I'm not as fan as Wayno singing as I am the rest of Wayno because I love him so much. Have a great Christmas, everyone. We'll leave you with Lizzie West and Family Christmas. I will see you and talk to you Tuesday afternoon. Sue, rest up that voice, okay? Thank you. Get more at 971talk.com. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.